Let's read the alternative, Psalm 18. Um, or I kind of wanted to read the whole the whole chapter again, just to, you know, we've, we've been so long um, in this study that I'd kind of uh, considered it might be a good time for us to kind of read through once again. So the, the alternative uh, account is Second Samuel 22, that is actually almost word for word, Psalm 18. Um, so Second Samuel 22, we'll read from there. You have like 51 verses in Second Samuel 22 because the actual intro, um, the superscription in Psalm 18 before verse number 1 appears uh, as the first verse. So Second Samuel 22, verse number 1, And David spake unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord had delivered him out of the hand of all of his enemies, and out of the hand of Saul. Um, I know y'all have been sitting for a while, so let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll stand and we'll read the remainder uh, of that uh, of that chapter there. So, Ryan, would you pray for us? Amen. Well, let's stand as we read, beginning in verse number 2. And he said, The Lord is my rock, and my fortress, and my deliverer. The God of my rock, in whom I will trust, he is my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my high tower, and my refuge, my Savior. Thou savest me from violence. I will call on the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. When the waves of death compassed me, the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried to my God. And he did hear my voice out of his temple, and my cry did enter into his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations of heaven moved and shook because he was wroth. There went up a smoke out of his nostrils, and fire out of his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also, and came down, and darkness was under his feet. He rode upon a cherub, and did fly, and he was seen upon the wings of the wind. And when he made dark, excuse me, darkness pavilions round about him, dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. Through the brightness before him were coals of fire kindled. The Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered his voice. 
And he sent out arrows and scattered them, lightning and discomfited them. And the channels of the sea appeared. The foundations of the world were discovered at the rebuking of the Lord, at the blast of the breath of his nostrils. He sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them that hated me, for they were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands hath he recompensed me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me. And as for his statutes, I did not depart from them. I was also upright before him and have kept myself from mine iniquity. Therefore the Lord hath recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the, my cleanness in his eyesight. With the merciful thou wilt show thyself merciful, and with the upright man thou wilt show thyself upright. With the pure thou wilt show thyself pure, and with the froward thou wilt show thyself unsavory. And the afflicted people thou wilt save, but thine eyes are upon the haughty, that thou mayest bring them down. For thou art my lamp, O Lord, and the Lord will lighten my darkness. For by thee I have run through a troop. By my God have I leaped over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all them that trust in him. For who is God save the Lord? And who is a rock save our God? God is my strength and power, and he maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hinds feet, and setteth me upon my high places. He teacheth my hands to war, so that a bow of steel is broken by mine arms. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation, and thy gentleness hath made me great. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me, so that my feet did not slip. I have pursued mine enemies. And destroyed them, and turned not again until I had consumed them. And I have consumed them and wounded them, that they could not rise. Yea, they are fallen under my feet. For thou hast girded me with strength to battle. Them that rose up against me, thou hast, or hast thou subdued under me. Thou hast also given me the necks of mine enemies, that I might destroy them that hate me. That all has to do with the foot. You talk about the neck of your enemy. You talk about your enemy being in a uh, compromised position. You have his, your foot upon his neck. Um, there's, there's not a lot of getting up you know, from, from that uh, position, but that's what he's talking about here when he says that um, the necks of the enemy um, were given unto him, that he might destroy them that hate him. Verse number 42, they looked, but there was none to save, even unto the Lord, but he answered them not. Then did I beat them as small as the dust of the earth. I did stamp them as the mire of the street and did spread them abroad. Thou also hast delivered me from the strivings of my people. Thou hast kept me to be head of the heathen, a people which I knew not shall serve me. Strangers shall submit themselves unto me as soon as they hear. They shall be obedient unto me. Jericho got close. They were afraid. Uh, they had heard of all the things that had been done before uh, Joshua got there. In the end, they were destroyed, um, <clears throat> all except for Rahab and her household. But, but um, 
Strangers shall submit themselves unto me as soon as they hear. They shall be obedient unto me. Strangers shall fade away, and they shall be afraid out of their close places. The Lord liveth, and blessed be my rock, and exalted be the God of the rock of my salvation. It is God that avengeth me, and that bringeth down the people under me. It wasn't David just deciding he was going to go and tread some people down. Uh, You remember our study in Deuteronomy. Some of you do. And you remember how that before Israel went in, God had told them the reason why the inhabitants of that land were being displaced is because they had wholly given themselves over to idolatry. Um, And the land was then vomiting them out. But the warning, you know, we talked about that already this morning. The warning was given. If they did the same, the land would vomit them, you know, out. So... That, that is somewhat of what we're, we're seeing here. But um, it's God that avengeth me, verse 48, and that bringeth down the people under me, and that bringeth me forth from mine enemies. Thou also hast lifted me up on high above them that rose up against me. Thou hast delivered me from the violent man. Therefore I will give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen, and will sing praises unto thy name. He is the tower of salvation for his king. And showeth mercy to his anointed unto David and to his seed forevermore. You may be seated. So it's, it's close, you know, in, in what you see there in 2 Samuel 22 to what we find, you know, here in Psalm 18. What we want to consider this morning, I don't think that I will do justice to this amount of verses in one message. We'll see whether there'll be... Uh, yet another message out of Psalm 18, I don't know, but we're going to look at verses 30 through 50. So I'm kind of backing up, you know, a little bit to where we were last week. I really don't feel like um, that I spent enough time, uh, honestly, beginning in verse number 30. Um, I, I, I read this in Psalm 34, 3. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together, Right? And so you see in, the, in that 30th verse of Psalm 18, as for God, I mean, how could we do justice to this? As for God, his way is perfect. Um, you, know, you come to a verse like this and you feel like, I mean, how, how can you leave, you know, that magnificent, you know, of a verse? As for God, his way is perfect. I mean, we, how could you extol that completely? I mean, how could we, how, can, can you really do justice you know, to what's being said here. His way is perfect. Um, the word of the Lord is tried. I mean, we're, we're, we're being told something about our almighty God. His way is perfect. He is a buckler or a shield to all those that trust in Him. You know, when we survey Scripture in this regard as to God's way being perfect, we read things like just and right is He. We read, great and marvelous are his works. Just and true are his ways. And this is what David's saying when he says his way is perfect. Um, he can't be charged with any wrongdoing. So if men say, well, what about this or what about that? Uh, or if we say, well, we're having trouble reconciling you know, this, it's, it's our understanding. You know, that has the problem. It's not God's. God's way is perfect. It's perfect. Uh, all that's wrong in the world is a result of man's sin and rebellion against God. 
You know, why is there war? There's your answer. You know, why is there this? It's, I mean, it's a three-letter, you know, word. That's an answer. My answer to those questions, it's because of sin. It's because of sin. Well, if I was God, I would do it this way. No. If you were, if, if you were God, I would have been destroyed a long time ago, you know. Um, I, I heard Brother Donald Denny, I don't know if some of you know him, but, but um, he said one time from this pulpit, he said, if I were God, he said it should be ash heaps. It would be poof, 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 you know. Just people, uh, you know, would be ash heaps is all they would be. But on the day of judgment, think about that. Scripture says every mouth will be stopped. Can you imagine standing before a holy God and trying to, to justify yourself, trying to justify your deeds, trying to justify the things that you've done outside of Christ? Every mouth will be stopped. All will become, Scripture says, guilty before God, right? All will become guilty before God. Right, they have no defense, true, none whatsoever. You know, I, I, when we talk about ask for God, His way is perfect, I was thinking about Pilate. Here Jesus is before him. I find no fault, is what he said. That will have to be their confession as well. You're right, God. I, I am wicked. Uh, they'll have to agree with God. Um, condemned already, yeah. And I was reading something by Alistair Begg this week on this thought of judgment coming. He said this. He said, on that final judgment day, there will be no refuge from him. There will only be refuge in him. You know, there'll be no refuge found outside of Christ. So, but for those of us who have taken refuge in him, we can say, as for God, his way is perfect. Have, have you had dealings with God? Sure we have. You know, can, can you charge God with any wrongdoing in your own life? Can you say that God did something, you know, and he shouldn't have done it that way, he should have done it differently? You know, I don't think so. Um, you know, we've, we found his word to be tried, to be true. Uh, that, that, that talks about it being refined, um, that it, it's, it's pure, it's tested. Um, Psalm twelve six says this, the words of the Lord are pure words as silver. And you remember, we went through Psalm 12, didn't we? We've been through Psalm 12 and Psalm 18. We started in one, so we've been through this territory. They are pure words as silver tried in a furnace of earth purified seven times. That's how pure. You know, back when I had a license to apply herbicides and pesticides, um, no, I wasn't in the pest control business worked on a golf course and so had to spray all that kind of stuff all over the greens fairways um we had to take the jugs that we were using and to pour like into the sprayers and you had to rinse them out uh well you didn't just pour that rinse you know on the ground but you had to rinse them out like three times and you that water that you would have filled into the container you know that became that water you know you rinsed it out and so that the container came became somewhat clean yeah we know that that probably leached into the plastic and all kind of stuff. But, you know, here seven times, we're talking about pure. We're talking about refined. We're talking about there not being any, anything corruptible there at all. Um, it is pure. The words of the Lord are pure. Nothing can corrupt them. Nothing can change them. 
As for God, his way is perfect. You know, there, there, there is no shadow, you know, of turning. Um, he doesn't change. His words are pure. They're tried. They're true. They're not going to change. Um, they've stood the test of time, one man said, and the scorn of men. The scorn of men. They've stood the test of time and the scorn of men. God has been and will be a shield to all those who trust in him. This is what David had told us, that he's a shield, you know, unto us. Uh, think about a shield, think about Abraham, you know, in Genesis 15, verse number 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abraham, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. What more reward could you want? And we've talked about that before. What greater reward is there? Um, is Bruce's mansion going to be bigger? What difference does it make? You know, what greater reward, you know, is there than for the Lord to be, for you to be his, you know, and, and him to be yours. And I belong to him and he belongs to me. I am my beloved and my beloved is mine. I mean, is there anything more precious than that? I, I don't think so. Um, I am thy exceeding great uh, reward. You think about, as for God, his way is perfect. And David stepping out on that battlefield, we talked about Goliath last week. Think about David stepping on that battlefield with Goliath. I mean, that's, that was something, wasn't it? Well, as for God, his way is perfect. But also, he says in the very next verse, he makes my way perfect. So we think about God's dealings with us. As for God, his way is perfect, right? He makes my way perfect. Well, David wasn't just thrust out on the you know, battlefield without any preparation, was he? I mean, he, he defends his decision to go out and fight against Goliath before Saul, doesn't he? Tells him about the things that the Lord had done with him in the field, taking care of the sheep. You know, the bear comes out, the lion comes out and takes one, he leaves the others. And we, we see that with the Lord too, don't we? Leave the 99 and go after the one, you know. Um, but he, he goes after that sheep. And so had he not seen the Lord faithful there? I mean, those are just a couple of things that were told. I don't know how many other things might have happened. Um, you know, Saul tries to send him out there with the, with the uh, you know, armor that he has. And he says, I, I haven't tried these things. But the word of the Lord, that's tried, you know. And he says, slinging a stone, this, you know, I know a staff, this is something I know something about. Um, and so he goes out there onto the battlefield, but it wasn't that he was unprepared. The Lord was a shield unto him. The Lord had prepared and provided, you know, for him. Yeah, exactly. Not what he's accomplished on his own or in, in his own strength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there were... Uh, have this later in my notes, but you think how that the Lord prepared, provided. There he was on the deck of that ship, and the soldiers were talking about, we've got to kill all the prisoners. And an angel of the Lord stood beside him and said, fear not, Paul. You know, did, did David step out there without any fear, you know, against Goliath? I, we're not really told, you know, that, but we know that he faced a bear, he faced a lion, the Lord had prepared him. You know, the Lord had shown himself faithful to David. The Lord had proven himself. As for God, his way is perfect. His words are pure. You know, and so David goes out there in the name of the living God. 
against Goliath and all the gods that he was shouting, you know, and cursing David, you know, with. Um, but think about his dealings with Saul, how that we read that earlier, uh, that David maintained his integrity. Um, he conducted himself in, in, in an upright manner. You know, all that Saul did to him wrongfully because he was jealous of him, because he was afraid he was going to t- lose his position, that David was going to take the throne. I mean, at one point, Saul does say that. He says, now I know. <laughs> the Lord's going to give you the throne. Now I know. Uh, but but um, the Lord delivered David more than one occasion, you know, from the hand of Saul. And the reason why I mention those things is because David says that in the beginning, doesn't he? At the very beginning of, of our text, you know, we find David saying how that the Lord had delivered him from all of his enemies and from the hand uh, of Saul. So no wonder David could say in verse number 31, who is God? Save the Lord. Who is a rock? Save our God. Um, let me read some other verses to you that, that go along with this. Psalm 86, 8 says this, among the gods, there is none like thee. There is none like thee, O Lord, neither are there any works like unto thy works. You think the Egyptians could say that? I mean, if they had thought about it, think about all those gods they had in, in, in four different things, and the Lord destroyed every one of them uh, with all those plagues. Um, Deuteronomy thirty two thirty one says this, For their rock, think about those Egyptian gods. We'll use them as an, an example. We'll continue that thought. It says, Their rock is not our rock, you know, uh, as our rock, even our enemies themselves being judges. I mean, you think about the Egyptians and their gods and how they trusted in those things and how the, all those plagues, they weren't saved from any of them uh, until Pharaoh would come before, or Moses came before Pharaoh and Pharaoh would say, okay, 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 I give, I give, you know. And then he turns right back around and says he won't let uh, the people go. But um, their rock is not as our rock, even our enemies themselves being judges. Or how about Deuteronomy thirty-two, thirty-nine? See now that I, even I am he, and there is no God with me. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. Neither is there any that can deliver out of my hand. None that can deliver out of his hand. And we can't be plucked from there either, right? You know. So Isaiah 45, 21 and 22. Last one I want to read in this regard about a rock, you know. Um, Tell ye, and bring them near, yea, let them take counsel together, who hath declared from this from ancient time, who hath told it from that time? Have not I the Lord, and there is no God else beside me? A just God. We watched those movies as kids growing up, and, you know, the, the fire god had to have somebody, you know, sacrifice to it or whatever, you know. You, um, you know, that's, that's not our God. Uh, a just uh, God is he. There must, the Lord would provide himself a sacrifice for sure, but he gave his only begotten son. What God is there like that, you know? What God is there like that? There is no God else beside me, a just God and a Savior, that's what we're saying, and a Savior. There is none beside me. Look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. There is none else. As for God, 
His way is perfect. There's not another God like unto him. David's saying we have a great God in whom we can trust. As we said last week, you have your Goliaths. You have those things that you must fight. You have those things that you are called to wage war with. Um, you know, the weapons of our warfare, they're not flesh and blood. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're fighting against, you know, principalities and powers, rulers, you know, of darkness, high places, you know, Scripture talks about. Um, you know, this is our battle. This is, this is the battle that we fight. And, you know, are, are we equal in ourselves, you know, to the forces of evil, to the devil and his demons? No. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, right? Um, so I'll go ahead and say this here. Uh, like I said, there's another thing further in my notes, but it's coming, you know, forcefully to my mind at the moment, so I'll go ahead and, and bring it up. You had the seven sons of Sceva. Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But you? I don't know. But yet the Lord had sent the 72, two by two, out, and they came back and reported what? That even the devils, you know, are, are in submission, you know, unto us. Uh, of course, the Lord said, don't marvel at that, you know, but that your names are written, you know, in, in, in heaven. But um, my point is, you know, we talk about this foe. You know, for still our ancient foe doth seek to work us woe, right? Um, one little word, you know, shall fail him. But, but even his mouth will be, you know, stopped, you know, in that day, won't it? But here's, here's this, this, this enemy. Um, and how are we going to face, you know, such an enemy? You know, here's it, it, sins that, 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 that we fight against, you know, daily. How are we going to overcome, you know, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. You know, the, the devils aren't subject to you, but they are subject to him. Um, you can't overcome them, but he already has. Uh, you read the passage this morning, brother, in Hebrews, how he triumphed over them in it, made an open show, you know, of them. Um, well, think about all of those saints in Hebrews chapter 11. You're talking about being strong, how the Lord's shown himself strong on our be- we We know it ourselves how the Lord has shown himself strong on our behalf. Have you been in, in some low places? Have you been in some difficult places? Have you had some trying times in your life? Sure we have. And the Lord has shown himself strong, and the Lord has shown himself faithful. And we can go and read places like Hebrews chapter 11, what? by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. And you get down towards the end and get to verse number 33. It says that through faith they subdued kingdoms. Any kingdoms for you to subdue? Kingdoms of darkness, yeah, there are. It says they wrought righteousness. It says that they obtained promises that stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong. Isn't that what Paul said? And Brother Donnie was talking about Paul's resume. Well, we could, we could flip through his resume to the thorn in the flesh, right? He besought the Lord three times that it might be removed. And the Lord says, my grace is sufficient for you. And so then Paul says, I'd rather, I'll, I will glory then. If this is needful for me, I will glory in this infirmity, right? Because he said, when I am weak, then am I strong, right? Then I'm strong. So it says that out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Well, how magnificent 
is our God. How great is our God. None can be compared with Him. None. We know of no other rock than He. We, we have no other place of refuge. We have no other stronghold. We have no other shield. We have no other strength other than He. No other support. No other fortress to run into, we could say. There is none like Him. He declares it of Himself. We've already read it. He declares there is none like Him. And you know Him. Not only do you know Him, but as we saw earlier in the psalm, He rends the heavens and He comes down to take up His child and deliver Him from the hand of the enemy. That's not just for David. I've met people before who look at such things and they would say, well, that was for them. That's not for us. Or people that think that there's some other class of Christian, that there's a super Christian and those things are meant for them. No, this, all of this, all of this is what Brother Conrad used to call just simply children's bread. This, all of these things, it's bread for his children. I mean, that's sort of language, you know, that you see when they come to the promised land, isn't it? And you, you, you had the ten who said, oh, there's giants in the land where grasshoppers in their sight. But then you had Joshua and Caleb. They are bread for us. They're bread for us. So this is children's bread. There's, there's no other God like our God. You think about Baal. We mentioned last week, and you were talking about Elijah. Baal couldn't answer. <laughs> you think about Dagon and, 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 and the Ark of the Covenant there in the temple. Dagon couldn't stand before him. Uh, so there is no God like unto our God. Who, who, who can we trust like our God? I mean, we, how often do we pray? I've got a cousin that's laying in ICU right now. You know, what, you've probably seen some of that going, you know, across the, the church text group. Um, my Aunt Anita has been, you know, mentioning most of it, but we've gotten some other, you know, news from time to time. But, but there she is. What are you going to do in a time like that? I mean, here's your child. Yes, that child's, you know, 39. I can't remember if she's 39 or 40 years old. I think somebody said she was 39. Um, but they're still your child. And, and, they, and I guess Marlene probably still works with, with her dad there in the jewelry store. I don't know. All the girls grew up working in the jewelry store with him. Um, she may still be there. I don't, I'm not sure. But if Rebecca was here, she probably would know. But she's not feeling good today. So I think she is either back there or she's going on home. I'm not sure. But, you know, one day you're conversing with them. And the next day this illness has so gripped them that their kidneys aren't working anymore. That they're having to be put on dialysis. And they're having to be intubated. You know, they're, they're pretty much in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a coma state at that point, you know, when that happens. And, and uh, all along the way, the, you know, the, the doctors at one point call the whole family in. And I guess they're about to say, there's nothing we can do. It, it, it looks like it's over. And then the Lord's gracious, and, and she takes a turn, you know, for the better. Uh, and we know that she's in his hand. Who can we trust? You know, like him. They were about to do surgery. And you read what happened, right? The doctor got COVID. You know, so he couldn't perform the surgery. Um, and do, do, we, do we fret? 
And do we fuss, you know, about that? Or do we say, the Lord's hand's in this. Uh, this is beyond our control. This is not something that, 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 we could, that we could prevent. You know, this is something the Lord has allowed. So what shall we say? Except, Lord, your will, you know, here be done. Um, you know, our hope is that, that it, it wouldn't have been good for her to have surgery at that time. You know, that, that that needed to be postponed, you know, for a little while. And that she needed to improve in her condition. And her kidneys have started to function some, you know, now. But who are we going to trust? Who can you trust like him? I mean, I, I know I, I, we have a great deal of trust between us. But who can I trust like him? Who can, who can I go to like him? I, I can go and cry on Teresa's shoulder, but what good is that really going to do me? Um, you know, feel sorry for myself and ask her to feel sorry for me. Um, you know, it's much better for me to go to the Lord and say, Lord, here's my concern. Here's my sorrow. Here's my complaint. I don't understand. I want to understand. I want to do your will. I want to, I want to be pleasing in your sight. I want to think about this thing rightly. I want to do whatever it is that you've called me to do here. Um, I, I want to accomplish this thing that you set before me. I want to be victorious in it, but I'm only going to be by the strength that you give. I'm only going to be that because you're a shield unto me. I, I can't do this. I'm, I'm not able. When I'm weak, then I'm strong, right? When I'm weak, then I'm strong. So, I mean, who is like unto our God? And he, he says, a Savior. He gave his only begotten Son. Who is like our God? Just a, a couple of lines from uh, Luther's hymn, A mighty fortress is our God. A bulwark, never failing. Our helper, he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. We will not fear, for God has willed his truth to triumph through us. That's not all together. That was a couple of different, from a couple of different uh, stanzas. But, but um, this, this, this God is not a, a cunningly devised fable. You know, Brother J.T. read that passage to us, you know, this morning. He, he's, not, he's not a figure of mythological folklore. He's not a statue that's had to be put up in a corner somewhere or in some temple somewhere by men's hands. He is the living and true God that those in Thessalonica turned from, you know, those those that weren't gods to the true and living God. You think about, again, Pharaoh. You think about Egypt. You think about the plagues. And you think about, I mean, God was showing himself mighty on the behalf of his people. And Romans 9, 17 says, The scripture saith unto Pharaoh, Even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee. And that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Well, what might the Lord do with you? What might the Lord do with me in showing himself mighty on our behalf that his name might be declared in some small circle in the office place, in some small circle in our, in our families, in some small circle in our communities? Uh, or may be pleased to, to, to take one of us and use us on a, a larger, you know, uh, scale in a, in a, a larger theater, uh, as it were, before uh, the world. I, I don't know. Uh, but whatever it is the Lord puts before us, His way is perfect. And He makes our way perfect. 
And he teaches, he girds our hands with strength, it says, and makes our way perfect. He girded Moses with strength, didn't he? He stood before Pharaoh. I mean, he had abandoned that life. He forsook the treasures and the riches of Egypt that he might suffer with the people of God. Um, he didn't have his place and position anymore. Um, but, but here he was standing before Pharaoh, speaking before Pharaoh. What did Moses learn, you know, through that? You hear him later on in Exodus thirty-three fifteen, and I'm sure he felt the same way, you know, as he went before Pharaoh. If thy present go, presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. Lord, I don't want to go anywhere that you're not. And if, and if he makes my way perfect and he's my strength and he's my shield and he teaches my hands to war and he causes me to be able to run through a troop and leap over a wall, where do you want to be without him? Um, which, which one of those credit card companies had that kind of a... Um, sort of a, a slogan or, or uh, whatever. American Express, don't leave home without it. That was it. Yeah. I thought I'd throw that in there since Brother JT used the commercial this morning uh, yeah, that he did. But, but um, where do you want to go? I mean, there's nowhere that we can go that he's not. We understand that. But at the same time, um, you know, what about those that said they would go into such and such city and they would buy and they would sell, and they would, they would get gain. And they said, no, if the Lord wills, we'll go into such and such a city, and we'll buy and sell, and we'll get gain. Um, so, Lord, I don't, I'm like Moses. I don't want to go anywhere that you're not. I mean, when the Lord first started, um, you know, pushing me this direction, I've told you all before, I was the kid even at Shalom's age, that would sit there in the congregation and look up there at the preacher and say, Mm-mm, don't ever want to be that. Don't ever want to have to do that. And yet that's exactly what the Lord called me to do. Uh, but, but I was like Moses, Lord, I don't want to be there without you. I'm still that way. Lord, I don't want to stand up there without you. Lord, I don't want to speak just for the sake of, you know, hearing my own voice or people, you know, um, you know, hearing what I have to say, I want you to speak. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's, that's something that's, that's good for us to, to take as we look at all this in, in a whole and think about some of the people that, you know, we go to by faith in Hebrews chapter 11, but here with Moses, if, you're not, if you don't go with us, Lord, we, I don't want to go. And there he was in the wilderness. All those people, all those mouths to feed. And that pillar... Right? Cloud by day, fire, you know, by night. I don't want to go. I don't want to go, Lord, unless you lead. And so Moses sat right there until that pillar moved. And when that pillar moved, he moved. You know. That about going to such and such city, continuing there a year and buying and selling and getting great gain, that's James four, thirteen through 15. For that you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. Right? If the Lord will. There's our strength. There's our shield. Can we say, Lord, if you're not in it, I don't want to go. I don't want to do it. We, we ought to be saying that about everything. I, I get judged severely about that by even some of my closest friends. 
You don't have to pray about everything. <laughs> you know what? The Lord knows better than I. You know? The Lord knows better than I. Um, where I should work. The Lord knows better than I whom I should marry. Um, he showed me that, I've told you before, early on. Here I am. I can still see the hallway. And you, you can go to Conroe High School and you can walk into, I guess it's still the main building. We were in the freshman annex when we, when we first lived there. I was going to freshman annex, but by the time I made a sophomore, here I'm over here in the other building. I guess they had to protect, you know, the freshmen from the upperclassmen. But, but uh, you walk in that building and you take a right, the first hallway. My locker was down, I guess it was maybe uh, a third of the way down. And I can remember the Lord saying to me, as, as I was walking around, like most of the guys on campus, Danny, and thinking, there's some pretty cute cheerleaders out there. And the Lord said to me, you need to seek me for a wife. I didn't think that, you know, myself. The Lord did that. Um, but it's like Moses. You don't need to go anywhere unless the Lord, you know, is going before you. You know, unless the Lord's leading you. Um, I mean, how are we going to make some of these decisions we've got to make? I mean, you, th- you think about, again, I'll use my cousin, you know. You know, pull the plug. Um, you know, you, you're going to do this or you're going to do that. Lord, I don't want to go. I don't want to make that decision. I don't want to, to do any of that unless you're with me. Unless I know this is what you'd have me to do. And how many times I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed and I've sought the Lord uh, about things and I just didn't have any peace about doing anything else but this one thing. I said, okay, Lord, this looks like it. This looks like the thing that you would have me to do. Uh, this, this is what I'm going to go ahead and, 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 and go towards. You know my heart, Lord. You know this is, I, I want to do what you want me to do. It may be the harder thing, but that's what I, I want to do the thing. Because the easy thing without you could be harder than the hardest thing with you, right? So I want to do the thing that you would have me to do. And so here I go. Lord, if this isn't it, close the door. I don't want to do it. If, it's not, if you're not with me, I don't want to do it. Um, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. You know, in, in seeking the Lord over things uh, and having a peace about things. That way, when I get to that, that place and it's the hard thing and it gets really hard on me, I can say, Lord, I prayed about this. This, this is where you put me. So I, I fully expect your, your, and, and trust that, that you're, you're with me. I don't have to wonder, should I have made this decision or not? This is the way that you've led me. And leading this, me this way, be my shield, be my strength, be my support, be my rock. His way is perfect, right? Is there a better way for me to go? You know, he makes my way perfect. There's no better way for me to go. If God were not involved in our way, it wouldn't be perfect at all, would it? It would be far from perfect. If he wasn't in it, if he wasn't orchestrating, purposing, guiding, leading, teaching, you know, even. David says he teaches my hands to war. Using the things around us to shape us, sharpen us, sanctify us, mold us into the image of Christ. He arms us with strength. He makes us strong. Think about all the things that Paul suffered and that was, that was the thing, you know, that he said about Paul. 
They was going to suffer many things at the hands of the Gentiles, right? He did, he did. I mean, Donnie mentioned it in in the sense of a resume, but all the things that Paul suffered. And you would think, well, all the things Paul's been through, he's been beaten, he's been shipwrecked, he's been in prison, he's been put feet in stocks, you know, all these things that have happened to him, you know, all the stripes and things. He's got to be pretty tough by now and he can handle things. You hear him at the end of Ephesians 6? Hmm? You hear what he says at the end of Ephesians 6? Verse number 19, he says, pray for me. I mean, this is a man that's, that's, that's spoken boldly by the strength the Lord's given, not his own. And he's been stoned and left for dead. Um, so he's been through some stuff. He says, pray for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. He knew the gospel, but he says, I want to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an an ambassador in bonds that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Why do you cower? Why do you, you know, um, fear speaking before, you know, men? How is it that you're going to be able to speak boldly before men? I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I was not, you know, they made me take a speech class. I did not like speech. And you're like, well, how is that even possible? As much as you stand up there and talk. Um, but that was not me. That was not my personality. I mean, you talk about introvert. I'm surprised Teresa ever found out my name, you know, and I ever spoke to her. Um, but I was not that type of person. Um, and the Lord did some things along the way to bring me to a place. One of them, I think I've told y'all before about the Chamber of Commerce, haven't I? I told y'all about that. Have you heard that? No, no, no. So here, Dad, Dad buys this this subdivision with a golf course and a clubhouse and a swimming pool and tennis courts and all the stuff that we got to maintain. And <clears throat> I'm walking to the clubhouse one day. This is back when there were actual phones, you know, with cords hanging on the wall, you know, long cords. Um, and Dad's on the phone, and I'm walking by. And he says, no, I'm not interested, but maybe my son would be. And he hands me the phone. You remember that? <laughs> and I'm like, hello? And they're like, well, this is so-and-so with the Chamber of Commerce, and we would like to know if you'd like to serve on the board of directors. And I'm like, I'm in my 20s. Not really, but... Dad handed me the phone, so in my mind, I'm like, well, this is something that he wants me to do, and so here I go. And I wasn't on the board for more than, how long do you think I was there before this happened? There, there, was, there was conflict, imagine that, among men, you know, on the board of directors. This one wanted this, and this one wanted that, and it was time to elect a new president, and this guy was running, and these people were like, we don't want him. And that guy was running, and these other people were like, we don't want him. And here they come. And they say, how about you? We could all agree upon you. And here I am in my 20s becoming the president of the Chamber of Commerce. Well, I didn't. Went and bought one of those books, Robert's Rules of Order. You know, <laughs> had to figure out how to conduct a meeting. You know, I didn't know anything about all that. Um, so, you know, get through that, and next thing you know, oh, Along with this job, you've got to speak in front of the Lions Club. You've got to speak at the annual you know, chamber gala. and I'm like, <laughs> this is not me. But the Lord's bringing me along. At the same time, the pastor at the time here saying, I want you to stand up uh, each Sunday and read Scripture. 
well, what scripture do you want me to read? You got to sign scripture? No, you read scripture. So here I am, well, Lord, what do I read? You know, what scripture am I supposed to, what, what, what scripture do I read? I can't just read anything, Lord, what am I supposed to read? You know, and so all of this wrestling, you know, and all of these things happening through, the Lord's bringing me to a place where he's about to put me behind the pulpit. And, and I, had, I had read scripture, I had brought devotions, I had preached sermons, but always there was somebody else here. There was a pastor. But then one day there wasn't. And it was just me. You know? And so the Lord teaches our hands to war. The Lord teaches us to be what he's called us to be. He supplies our needs. Um, I, I know I talk about Brother Conrad a lot, but he, 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 he put it this way, that God sponsors what he initiates. So here God has, has you know, Donnie knows something about sponsors. You know, he used to, he used to you know, be on the, the, the skateboard circuit and actually had, you know, sponsors. You know, I used to think about stuff like that, riding my little BMX bike around, you know, thinking I could have a sponsor one day, you know, and I could race around these tracks and do this and that. Um, it wasn't what the Lord had for me. But the Lord does sponsor what he initiates with his children. He's going to supply their needs. You think about some of those NASCAR, you know, the vehicle. Those are expensive things. And those guys run them into the wall and run them into each other and flip them over five or six times. And here comes the sponsor, you know. And he's buying a new frame. And he's buying, you know, new panels. And he's buying a new engine. He's buying a new transmission and new tires. You know, he sponsors. The Lord sponsors what he initiates. He's going to provide. Um, I've had people walk up to me before and say, I couldn't go through that. I couldn't either. You know, I was the one going through it at the time, but I couldn't go through it in my own, on my own. Um, and I had to turn to him and say, yeah, you could. There's nothing special about me. You know, there, there, there's, there's no <clears throat> special strength that I have uh, or special knowledge that I have to be able to, to go through this on my own um, or resources in some way that I have to go through this on my own. I said, the, the Lord's the one that's doing this. Um, I've told you before about sitting in the, I couldn't imagine, I, I, I should have asked who it was, but I'm sitting in the ICU waiting room, and the phone rings, and somebody picks it up, because there's lots of people in there, and the, is there a Russell Lee in the room? Oh, that's me. I go over the phone expecting it to be somebody that I knew. This person just says, I just wanted you to know what an encouragement uh, you are. And I'm thinking, how could I possibly be an encouragement? You know, I feel so weak. Um, I don't know what to do next. And, and yet, here's this person on the other end of the phone saying, you're an encouragement. You yeah. It was, it was the Lord. It was what they saw the Lord doing. I mean, how could somebody go through, you know, the things some people go through? You know, it's not them. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's the Lord, you know. What if, Colin, what if they said, here's this guy, Goliath, out here, you know, and he stands more than twice your height, and we want you to go out and fight him. Uh, you know, how do you do that? Uh, well, you know, it, it wasn't just thrown on David like that, was it? The Lord had prepared him, and it's, it sponsored what he had initiated. I mean, the Lord knew about that long before David ever knew about it, long before he knew about it. Well, you know, when Paul asked for prayer, they might speak boldly as he ought to speak. You know, it was just a few verses before that 
is that text that we talked about last week in Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I mean, he's telling them, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And then he gets down to the end of the chapter and he says, pray for me that I might be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Um, do we need such strength? Hmm? Do you find yourself in need of that strength? Yes. Um, how we need that grace that we might be able to stand in the evil day. Uh, you know, what, what are you young people going to do with your lives? Hmm? I mean, here, here I am, I've, I've got a job, you know, and I've, uh, I, I'm, it's where the Lord's, you know, put me, at least for this time. You know, what are you young people going to do? I mean, you're still in school, you know, you're not married, don't need to really have any marriage prospects at the moment, but what are you going to do? Who are you going to marry? Where, do you, where are you going to work? What are you going to do? Well, guess what? There's a whole lot of people that are going to school that are your age that have no idea. They'll go to college, and they'll spend their first two years with all their basic courses, and they might have chosen what they think will be their major, and then they get all the way almost to the finish line, and they change it because they don't know what it is they're supposed to be doing. And what, they're, what are they choosing? How, how are they making that choice? What's the popular thing? What's the lucrative thing? You know, those, those are what they're going after. But for you, especially you, you four older ones there, you know the Lord. For you, you don't have that problem. Here's your problem. Lord, what would you have me to do? It's not really a problem because the Lord already knows what he would have you to do, you know. And so he's going to sponsor that, what he initiated, you know, that David way before Goliath. The Lord already knows. He's already there. Seek him. Look unto him um, is, is what we need to be doing, not just you, but all of us. He makes our way, what, perfect. He perfects our way, not us. He said, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. That's what he said. There's one hymn that we sing that says, His power can make you what you ought to be. His blood can cleanse your heart and make you free. His love can fill your soul, and you will see t'was best for him to have his way with thee. As for God, his way is perfect. There's no better way for you. That's the way that we must go. That's the path that we must, you know, walk in. That's the way that we're going to leap over the walls and run through the troops. Um, he makes our way perfect. I remember once, and one of them will probably look at me and say, yeah, that was me. I can't remember her. Teresa will say, you know, I don't know. But one of the girls had a splinter in their hand. And we were over at the parsonage, we're at the table, and I'm digging that thing out, and they are protesting loudly. Anna's smiling. It must have been her. Um, she was much younger. Um, but it's best for the Lord. It, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. It's best for the Lord to have his way with us. It may be difficult. It may be really, really hard. But it doesn't matter. How high is the wall? It doesn't matter. How many are in that troop? It doesn't matter. Uh, it's best that he has his way, and he will have his way, you know, with us. So, you know, we, we tend to think that having things... Uh, would be better than not having them. Think about David. How much did he have? He was king. Uh, that was a hard place. 
I know the world thinks, oh, to be king, you know. Um, but what a hard place. Uh, how many difficulties did he have to deal with daily? Um, you think about those mighty men. Yeah, they were mighty men, but they were also at times troublesome <laughs> to him. Uh, you know, what have I to do with thee? You know, he would say. Um, think about being Moses and standing before Pharaoh. David standing before Goliath. How, how, do we, how do we stand in such places? Well, he makes my feet like hind's feet. He maketh me to stand upon my high places. Again, he teaches my hands to war so that the bow of steel is broken by mine arms. He trains, he prepares, he causes us to be able to stand. Think about what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15.10, but by the grace of God, right? Can you finish it? I am what I am, right? I am what I am. And he's not boasting here. This isn't just bravado on his part. He says, his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. I labored more abundantly than they all. But it doesn't stop there, does it? He's not boasting here in himself. He says, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. That's the reason he labored more abundantly than they all. He's also given us the shield of salvation and his right hand holds us up. And we said last week, his gentleness makes us great, enlarging our steps under us that our feet do not slip and we overtake our enemies. We overcome our enemies. He keeps us under what we consider to be great pressures and we're kept because of his great mercies. If it weren't for God's mercies, we'd slip every day. I don't want to slip. You want to slip? I don't want to slip. Are we going to slip? We could slip. Did David slip? He did slip. You know. Lord, help us not to slip. And, and, and large, I mean, these are things David said that God did for him. These are things we ought to pray, God, do that for me. I know you do that for your children. I, I, I want that to be true in my life. I want my feet not to slip. How many men have we seen whose ministries have become widely known only at the very end to have a great fall? To the point when you think about them, you don't really, I mean, before they fell, there were some things that you're like, that's good. You know, and now you're like, wow. They, they, they preached and yet, Lord, keep our feet that they not slip. Are any of us above slipping? None of us are above slipping, except that the Lord keep our steps. Um, so we're in a fight. It's not easy. We'll encounter many enemy, enemies along the way. But God prepares and God goes before. He gives us his grace to sustain us. <clears throat> he says unto us in John sixteen thirty three. These things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. Have rest in him, right? In the world, you're going to have trouble. It's going to happen. It's going to come. And there may be some, it's sure. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. But be of good cheer. Well, upwards. Man days, man's days, you have full of trouble. Um, but the Lord says, I've overcome the world. 
Not that he will, not that he could, is I have. I have, it is finished. I have overcome the world. Well, again, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They would not tremble before us, but they do tremble before him. They don't tremble before our name, but they tremble before his name, you know. Um, That name which is above every name. Every knee is going to bow, every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. How are we going to survive the day of battle and overcome and be victorious? Only by our Savior who has overcome and who is victorious. He says, call unto me and I will show you, Jeremiah 33, 3, right? And I will show you great and mighty things that you know not. I know our charismatic friends take that in a different direction. I'm applying it right here where we're talking about being strong in the Lord and the power of his might and, and overcoming sin in our lives daily. Sinful thought comes to our mind and we're like, be gone. We don't entertain it. We don't invite it in. We don't allow it to hang around. We dismiss it. Not by our own strength, but by the Lord's strength. So what are you battling? What's troubling you? Be strong in the Lord and the power of his mind. Trust in him completely. Look unto him only. Whatever he's put before you, he sponsors what he initiates. He can cause you to overcome. That's why I've, this is the last verse I'll read to you. I was, I was thinking about Psalm 63.8. Thinking about all the things that we've talked about. Here David says this. My soul followeth hard after thee. I may have read that to you last week. I don't know. My soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. Um, and that I want to draw near there. That's that, I want to follow hard after. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I'll be close unto him. His way is perfect. His way is perfect. We'll be able to say that. You know, through all the things that we go through. And especially in that day that we stand, you know, in heaven. He did all things well. We know he does all things well. But we, there's some things that we're not sure, you know, but why did that happen? Why did this happen that way? We, you, know, couldn't it, you know, we question things sometimes. Um, but in that day, we'll say, he did everything just exactly, precisely how it needed to be done he kept me there as long as I needed to be. He put me in the right place when I needed to be there. He put the right situation, circumstances, people around me that needed to be, you know, present. His way is perfect. His way is perfect. Trust in him. Let's stand.